Um, yeah, folks, we wanted to have this conversation. Uh, we wanted to, we've been nonstop. Zach Levine, Zach Levine, Zach Levine, Caruso, Dr- Andre Drummond, Vucevic, um, Damar. Rosen, Damar. We've been talking about this fucking team. Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan. <laughs> we want everyone. But we got a, hey, we got Justin from the Bloody Horns pod. Was it Horns Bloody or Bloody Horns? The podcast is called Bloody Horns Podcast. The uh, Twitter handle is at Horns Bloody. Okay. Bloody Horns oh, Podcast. Uh, we want to shout out Justin for being a guest. Um, and we're going to have a fun conversation. Folks, do me a favor. First of all, all Bulls fans are welcome. I'm going to put this in the chat one more time. If you guys haven't already, please share the tweets. Um, please share the tweet. Help spread awareness. We appreciate it. We're all on the grind here. Um, Justin, I'm looking forward to this convo because we've been doing this fantasy trade for a long time within our Laker fan base. So the idea came about yesterday hey let's talk to some bulls fans um but first and foremost i gotta ask you a question man yeah yeah what's up we see so much problems in the world and stuff and uh there's lots of just bad shit bad people in this world but um do you guys feel bad about what you did to uh jerry krause's wife or that's just something you guys just don't give a fuck about Nah, man, like every if you if you go on Bulls Twitter, man, everybody feels bad about it. I was watching that game and when they on on the TV it showed we Jerry, were watching Jerry the game. Yeah, it showed it showed Jerry Krause before it showed her, right? Yes. And I was like, Oh, they're about to honor him. Please don't boo. And I didn't know his wife was there. And then they showed and then I heard the booing and I was like, ah shit, they're gonna boo him. And then they showed his wife and she's crying, and I was like, ah, oh, come on, man, we can't. We can't do that. Now people think we're like ruthless uh, Philadelphia fans or something. And it's it's rough because, you know, Jerry Jerry gets a lot of flack, but the reality yeah. is that team the probably last had dance. to – Yeah, that team yeah. had to be broken up to a certain extent. You know, Pippen's back was shot. Rodman was kind of shot. Um, Jerry could have handled it, handled it better, but the dude's been dead for like 10 years. So it was yeah. it was just sad. It was sad. Yeah, and – you know what's what's interesting about so we've been having this conversation um within you know Laker fan base and so Kobe Kobe gets his statue the you know the statue is unveiled on February 8th so we so our team playing below our standards we're desperate need for a trade we hate our coach we hate everything about this team right now so we've been having a conversation within ourselves, you know, within our followers. And it's like, are folks going to boo Rob and Jeannie at the, un- at the statue unveiling? And I'm saying, no, I was like, no, there's no way they're not going to do that to Kobe. You know, his wife, Vanessa, and their kids are going to be there. They're not going to boo. They'll, they'll, if there's ever one time for people to be civil, it will be for Kobe's statue unveiling. And I'll be honest, after seeing what you despicable people did on uh on on Friday, I I I'm having my doubts. <laughs> I'm having my doubts because if you guys could make an old lady cry, um I, I there's I don't think there's any hope for any of us. I mean it kinda it kinda depends on what fans show up, right? Like are they are they Laker fans or are they LeBron fans? Because with the Bulls, you have Bulls fans, and then you also have Jordan stands. And I feel like the people booing Jerry Krause were more Jordan stands, where true Bulls fans, like, yeah, we love MJ, obviously, but we realize, you know, Jerry Krause did more good than bad for the franchise. But then you got the Jordan stands who are like, nah, fuck that guy. He's, he's the worst. I feel like the Lakers could be in a similar situation where a true Laker fan – you know, they probably appreciate Jeannie and Rob, especially because Rob was Kobe's agent. So you should you should love Rob Palenka because he did a lot for the Lakers, keeping Not Kobe really. there. Uh, that's that's a that's a hot. So knowing how the team is, think about it this way. Knowing that the team is under, by the way, I'm not advocating for booing, but if you see Jeannie on the court with Rob 
and the Lakers are still what 12 or 13th in the West in the quote unquote championship expectations are still lingering. Yeah, they may like there is a there's a dark scenario or a dark alternate universe where this could be pretty bad. Uh, again, they're not booing at because at for the Bulls it was like they were booing at 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 the owner, not like in, in this case they would be booing at Genie, not Kobe. So it's kind of right. it's it's kind of this weird kind of scenario, but we're mentally prepared for that at least. Um <laughs> it is what it is. Um, yeah we yeah it's yeah we have no hope after what we saw on friday we have no hope for humanity um but um before we start talking like the endless trade talks and shout out to everyone that's in here bianca love you uh hey make sure you check out the Halftime space, her halftime space. She is the halftime queen. Bianca, if you want to throw that up in the playback chat, do so. Appreciate it. Um, once again, folks, about to get into the nitty gritty. Please share. Please let folks know we're in here we're having this conversation. Um, I want to ask you, because um, I know Tony's going to talk numbers when we get into the trades. How's your season going so far? Are you where you expected? How's the season? Because what? What's your record now? Uh, the Bulls' record right now is eighteen and twenty-one. I believe they're the they got the nine seed pretty much locked up right now. They're uh, they're three games back of getting up to the eight seed, but then the the ten seeds, the Brooklyn Nets, they're a couple games behind them. The Hawks are a train wreck. They're the eleven seed. Raptors are a train wreck. They're the twelve seed. So Bulls are a playing uh, team right now. It's been a been an up and down year. You know, we started five and fourteen. And then Levine went out, and they went on this run. And there's a lot of lot of good in that run. Kobe White is looking like a legit dude. Um, should be an all star this year if he keeps playing this way. But um, yeah, it's been an up and down year. Very, it's kind of the opposite of the Lakers because I feel like the Lakers started pretty decent. They won the playing tournament, and it's kind of went downhill since the Bulls started like shit. And then it's kind of been trending upward, but there's still speed bumps along the way. Mm. Um. Wow, Tony, you heard that? The ninth seed, man. Remember hey. the good old days when we had the ninth seed? Yeah, that was like two weeks ago. Shit, man. <laughs> the good long time for- last long time ago. That oh man, the, the things that I would do for a ninth seed, man. Just I mean, you 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 never gone through your tweets and be like, hmm, what was what was, what was I thinking a month ago? And you're like, oh wow, the Lakers look like contenders. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> like yeah. how how a month changes things. We, you know? we went from looking like contenders to chicken tenders, just all within a month. <laughs> it's just so sad, so fucking sad. Um, chicken. so let's Tony, you're yeah. this you the, you you have built this trade machine, sir. Please just go. Just I am the floor is yours. <laughs> go. This is I, nah. I did this for you. I did this for you, Tony. So just go I ahead. Just so happy. Yay. No, nah, I mean, we've seen him before. Um is, I, I did wanted to ask you, how many players are there in, in, in the Bulls roster? Are you tapped at 15 or 14? No, nah, they got 14. They've had an open roster spot mm-hmm. and a disabled player exception they've been able to use since Lonzo was out last year, but that cheap ass owner. Doesn't want yeah, to use won't. it. So, yeah, you guys, I imagine, are around the luxury tax tour, close to it. Yeah, they're they're right at they're like right at that point. Yeah, that's why the 15's not being used. So, I so I have a question because I, we can go into the trades and all that, but my my main topic here is like or main focus, and you tweeted it out not like yeah. 15 minutes ago, and let's talk about D'Lo. Yeah. How does how does D'Lo not fit in 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 the Bulls? Let's just let's just hear your point of view on that because he is quote unquote needed to make this work. Yeah. Even though you can include Austin, if Austin doesn't make even that much money, so you still need a whole bucket full of players. So D'Lo's contract is much needed. So why doesn't it work? Just just for it's, just, it's just it's just the D'Lo of it all, man. Like I've I've had a long history with D'Lo. I'm a I'm a Chicago Bulls diehard. Obviously, I run the podcast, but I live in Minneapolis, and uh, so I've I've seen D'Lo with the Timberwolves, and I have friends that are Timberwolves fans that went from being super hyped when the D'Lo trade got made 
to, <laughs> you know, Hayden. I mean, you guys can probably relate to that. They were hyped when they got him and then they saw him play and they were like, man, get this dude the hell off my team. So it's like the D'Lo of it all, I'm not, I'm not really interested in it because I know what kind of player he is. D'Lo, in a best-case scenario, you take the ego out of it, you take everything out of it, he should be a guy who comes into a game for like what Schroeder did on, uh, on the Lakers the good year that he was there where he came in for like 15, 20, rode a hot hand kind of thing. That should be D'Lo, but D'Lo thinks he's a starting all-star caliber player in the NBA, and he's just – He's not that dude. And the Bulls, like, our backcourt, it's pretty deep already. Kobe's going off, you know, Caruso, Ayo DeSumo, um, DeMar DeRozan's already playing. He plays some three, or some two, yeah. mostly three. Javon Carter, I mean, if you guys want to take Javon Carter, we'll give him to you for, like, a top 50 protected second-round pick. You can you can have that dude. Yeah, yeah. Now, how's, how's, the, how's the Javon Carter experience going? My God, man, I didn't I didn't know it was like this. Like when they signed him, I was excited because he has this rep as like a scrappy defender and quote unquote yeah, blue guy. Yeah. But then you watch him play. He's a black hole. He doesn't he doesn't pass the ball. He pulls up oh, for wow. these trans pulls up for transition threes. He, he's not looking at any teammates. So it's I'm ready for him to be off the bulls. He's he's one of my least favorite signings of the last five to ten years for sure. Correct. Yeah. And, and that's and that's kind of like what the reason about this trade or the possibility about this trade kind of goes into the wayward side because it's Levine makes 40 million and yep. it's hard with the new CBA and the whole, the whole situation that's going on with it, with, with kind of like the league because the CBA hasn't been implemented yet. Like fully to the full effect, it hasn't been done like in terms of like penalizing the second, the, the second eight for teams and, and, and all that. But this is the moment in time where a Levine trade would make sense for the Bulls, or at least that's how I view it. Because it's like forty million now. Next year is how much? It it turns to uh, like forty four, I think. It escalates like, every year. It escalates every year, so it's like the easier to trade would be now than later. So, and I'm talking because I can talk about my perspective, but I'm but I'm a numbers guy. I'm a I try to be unbiased here i'm always gonna have purple and gold slants i'm still gonna favor my team but at the same time like there's a reality here that we can't un you know it's undisputable it's like do you want levine or like what do you want like do you envision him and his contract to be the winning solution moving forward because like that's that's the conundrum here it's like what do you do with him yeah i'm one of the i'm i think i'm in the minority where i Ideally, when I look at this team, I actually want to keep Zach Levine. I like the way he's been playing since he came back from injury. And I want this team to be more perimeter-oriented around Zach Levine and Kobe White creating. Right now, when you watch the Bulls, it's a lot of DeMar DeRozan. And I love DeMar DeRozan, but he's thirty, about to be 35 years old. In year 15, he shouldn't be the focal point of any offense. And it's a lot of Nikola Vucevic, and that drives me nuts because that's just not how NBA basketball is played anymore. So I would like to see the Bulls get younger and more athletic and keep the pace up while keeping Kobe White, Zach Levine in the backcourt as a fast-paced backcourt. I mean, both guys can shoot. Both guys can create off the dribble. It's kind of what you want in the modern NBA, but the Bulls are kind of – when you watch them, they play like a throwback 2005-type offense where they're working for pick and rolls with DeMar and uh, Vucevic. They're trying to get a lot of stuff in the mid-range. They're slowing the pace down. So the – the Zach Levine of it all, like, I don't mind paying him the money that he's due because I feel like every offseason we see contracts that are getting bigger and bigger. Like, Zach's contract looked bad, and then Jalen Brown signed his extension, and I'd rather pay Zach Levine his money than what Jalen Brown's going to be due in three years. And this offseason, we're going to see OG sure, and Obi sure. sign for a huge deal, too. So his yep. contract's going to age pretty well, I think. Well, his contract – so the thing about his contract, or at least the arbitrage of it, is if you have two players that are max, you're fine. If you have three players that are max, then you're Phoenix Suns territory. Like That's that's kind of like where, where the NBA is kind of heading. It's like then you're limited on moves and whatnot. But going back on, on Dilo, it's like and, – and this is always the what I try to tell my friends – uh, Laker Nation, where I try to tweet out is like, rather than looking at the 
Like, we always want the Levine. Oh, send them everything. Send them everything. Give me Caruso. Give me Levine. <laughs> we got give uh we'll send uh we'll send our, our our scraps. But my question is how how valuable is Rui in this team? Because that's a piece that doesn't get mentioned as much because it's always the focus is Delo, but the secondary contract to making this fantasy trade even happen is Rui. So does Rui fit the need for your team or is it or, you know, like what's Patrick Williams, you know, what, what is he's what's, what's going on there? Because there's a contract negotiation. You don't have to worry about that with, with Rui to a certain point. He's already paid. You could say that his production this season has been only based because he's been, has had weird injuries, like face, uh, just weird. So he hasn't been on the floor that much, but my question is like, how do you view this situation? Like is Rui even a possibility? I mean, Rui does kind of fit a need for the Bulls. It's something that Bulls fans have been talking about for, it seems like forever, that they need a true power forward because they've been trying to shoehorn Patrick Williams into the power forward, and he's 6'7", 210, maybe 215 pounds. He's just he's better when he gets to play the three and be a little more perimeter base. And I know Rui, I think he's only listed at like 6'7", but I've watched Lakers games. He's bigger than what he's listed. No, no, no. he's not 6'7", my friend. He's 6'8", 6'9". Like he's, yeah, he's, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's uh, a big, big hefty dude. Yeah. But he, his and, lateral speed is as a power forward slash center. Just prepare that. Like he's not, he's not mobile on the perimeter. That's one of his knocks. It's like he can't guard on the perimeter that way. So that's the only, I mean, he has some downsides, but that's his biggest downside. My my biggest problem with Rui is the contract, to be honest. Because didn't he sign for four years? So he's locked up for a little bit. So, no, Rui only – let me see. Let me see his contract because I for, I forget. I think it's four uh, three years, not four. Let me verify that because it's 15 this year. It's – let me see, Lakers. Man, I had this up here. I switched it to Chicago, but let's switch it to – Lakerland. Uh, I know this year is 15. Um, whenever this decides to load, the sports track's trying to be slow, but anyway, yeah, it's three years, so it's three years. So it's not, it's not a ter- again, it's not a terrible contract for what he is. He's only 25 years old, he's still in his prime to a certain point, like he hasn't even rich- reached his prime, in my opinion. Like, he still has a lot to develop. His mid range is nice. I'm trying to. I look like a car salesman trying to sell you on something, but <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to piece together this trade because a Levine trade would only work, in my opinion, is if you take Rui, we ship Delo to a third team because you, there's no need for that backcourt to have Delo. Then there's the third guy, and this is where it gets complicated because. A third guy would again we're sending three players for one. Right, right. And and to make it legal and because we're hard cap, and I think you guys are hard cap too, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Right up against the luxury tax. And right 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 there. So it's like in my opinion, you would have to take on Gabe, which I don't think you guys want to because Gabe has been injured. He's just got in a knee knee surgery. He doesn't fit a need to 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 be honest. Maybe a replacement for Javon Carter, but then who's going to take Javon Carter? The third team? Like, that's that's where the third team kind of aspect kind of comes in because you can't absorb all of what we can give you. Right. So, so it's like, at most, you can take one more player because you got the 15th spot available, but that's about it. So my my question is, like, what's what's the trade you want to see? What's, what's the... What's the you know, if there is a Levine trade, it doesn't need to be Lakers. I'm just saying in terms of, like, in the league, what is the trade that most fits the Bulls right now? So I think the trade that most fits the Bulls logically is moving off of DeMar DeRozan. Um, the Warriors have been floated for Zach Levine a lot, which makes a lot of sense. Um, but I also question, like, how what would their interest level be in a DeMar DeRozan? Because the Bulls could easily do a DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso for Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, and a draft pick type of trade, which might fit both teams a little bit better. Um, Zach Levine, a lot of people think he could slide into the Clay Thompson spot. 
when you watch Zach, Zach Levine play, he doesn't play with the highest basketball IQ sometimes. And that's something warriors they need for their system to work. That's why D didn't work there. Cause he doesn't play with a high basketball IQ. He doesn't make quick decisions. Um, but if we're just strictly talking a Zach Levine trade, I don't know that the bulls are pressed are hard pressed into making it happen this season by the trade deadline. If the market's truly not out there for whatever reason, there's no reason that the Bulls couldn't just play this out to the year and get into the summer and see what happens. Because I look at a team like the Orlando Magic. Right now, if I was them, I would ride this season out, see how you do in the playoffs, see what young guys show up, which ones don't. But I would estimate that in the playoffs, they're going to realize they need a secondary scorer. They need another shot creator on the perimeter. They need a Zach Levine. So maybe in the summer, they can visit that, make that trade because they have a bunch of weird contracts. They have the Jonathan Isaac contract, the Gary Harris contract, a bunch of bunch of ones they could throw in and some draft picks and maybe a Jalen Suggs, like a nice young piece where when I look at the Lakers, like it's hard to sell a trade where the best guy coming back is Austin Reeves. And while I, I like Austin Reeves, I'm not as high on him as some people. He should be like your fourth best player on a contending team. Like if he's, if he's with LeBron and AD, he's going to look really good. I don't think he's going to look that good next to DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic. That's, that's a pretty big drop down. Fair. I I don't disagree with that statement because even us, like I was and, – and, and by the way, this is a cheap plug, but we are going to release a podcast. We are back doing podcasting. Uh, we are going to release a podcast too tomorrow, and we had a chat with Tim, um, Tim Cranges. But the the scenario that we were speaking of, like he was displaying kind of like Austin Reeves and, and how does he fit in the hierarchy of the Lakers. And it's funny how Austin Reeves right now, he's kind of up there with LeBron James and Anthony Davis in terms of the production for the Lakers. So he's technically right now for the Lakers, the third best player, mm-hmm. like right there next to D'Lo. So basically, if you have a championship roster, the ideal is, like you said, fourth or fifth option on a contending team. Like, that's where he fits better. He is a good connector. He has good vision, but he gets obviously cooked on defense. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because Reeves holds value, but even the value that he holds, it has to fit to the system that's being produced. Because if you want to run, be athletic, Austin Reeves is not going to run. He's not no. that athletic. And he's going to slow down the pace of the game. So, again, do you want – because his half-court efficiencies are through the roof, but do you need the half-court efficiencies? Maybe you use him as – I mean, I'm not going to lie. His, I think his best scenario is actually as a six-man. Like, mm-hmm. if you have him coming off the bench, his production, like he can command the game, he can slow it down, he can produce. You just need offense from your bench. And like I think that that's gonna be his role for the Lakers, but I think in a, any team's gonna want something like that. Um, the or you brought up Orlando, and that's actually good because they also have Fultz contract as well. Yeah, they have um they have so, a lot of expirings. The thing is like, expirings this year, so I don't know how you trade those if they're by by summer they're gonna be they're they're not gonna be there. Like that's in that's the like that's the like that's where the the Levine scenario is like I can see an Orlando team I can even see like the Warriors to a certain extent like I know that they don't like the salaries but at the same time like Curry doesn't have a second option like he doesn't have another shot creator really like he is the shot creator everything else is just run 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 through motion off, offense which if I'm being honest Levine would thrive in that in that scenario. And with the decline of Clay Thompson, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mind, mindful of that. And maybe you guys do need a Clay Thompson to a certain point where it's just a sharpshooter, because that's what you have Levine right now. He's a sharpshooter and slap, slight facilitator, which I don't know if he's gonna be happy with that role either. But okay, so we can officially agree that this this Levine thing is cooked. <laughs> it's, it's so it's so tough to figure out man and like like the thing is all it's so weird the way the media reports it. you know brian windhorse is a mouthpiece for lebron we all know that we've known it for 20 yeah. years now yeah so when he comes out today and he says the lakers have zero percent interest in trading for levine i'm like i don't 
I don't know if the Lakers are in position to have 0% interest in trading for anybody with the way they're playing right now. And I actually think that Zach Levine would work really well next to LeBron James. Because if you look at LeBron's best offenses, it always was with a secondary creator on the perimeter. It was Dwayne Wade in Miami. It was Kyrie in Cleveland. Now, obviously, Zach Levine is not a Hall of Fame caliber creator like those guys are, but he's never he's never really succeeded in situations like this where he doesn't have a secondary creator. So getting a Zach Levine in there, to me, Zach Levine would hold more value playing with LeBron James than uh, the other guy who's always rumored for the Lakers, DeJounte Murray. Because DeJounte, not the same level shot creator. Like, he's a nice player, don't get me wrong, but not really a shot creator like, like a Zach Levine is. Yeah, like Levine is a... He's one of the, I mean, look at the market. He's the only three-level scorer that I would say that's available. Like, right. like there's no other like unless somebody pops off that I'm that I'm not aware of. Like on the trade market, the thing the the players that are being most like that like even the athletic had a list, and I'm like I'm looking at that list, and I'm like, there's just no other shot creator three-level scorer like Levine. Like talent-wise, like he is an athlete like he has his deficiencies but it always like it's simply it's it's simply put it's his health and contract it's always his health and contract like every conversation with levine has to end with like i don't trust his knees i don't trust this i don't trust him like what is he and and, and it always stems from at least from from the lakers side it's and, and and i had this issue too and i still have it like there's always a concern because we were traumatized by, by the Russ experience. We had this arbitrage contract and we thought like, yeah, these, this three, these three guys were going to make it happen. These three guys were going to figure it out. We were top heavy. And to a certain point, we will be doing the same thing. We got our, our, our supposed dev to kind of get Levine. But if Levine gets injured, what happens if Levine loses time? Let's say all that. Can we even survive? Is the roster built for that? Like, those are the questions that I even imagine the, the front office trying to figure out, like, do we want to experience this again? Because the upsides and, and the ceiling is there. Like, it, it works. But the problem is the things that you can't control, which is health, which is, like, his own decline if he has one. Because he could be getting... Like who knows if next year he's he's way better, and then he gains value. Like that's also a possibility. Like we don't know what he like. I don't think Levine right now, even looking at him, uh, these past few games, I don't think he even is a hundred percent. No, probably not. So so it's like we haven't even seen his best. Like I'm just saying, like I, I'm I'm one of the few Laker fans, and I was against living for the longest until I until I saw my team. <laughs> Yo, this 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 is shitty. <laughs> we need like and and just so you know how shitty it is, like we are we are like what bottom bottom four in the league in, on, on offense. At least your your offense, like the Bulls offense is actually way better ranked. I think it's mid pack compared yeah, to the middle of the road. Yeah, like for us, it's like we're bottom of the of the conference, and I mean bottom of the league, and it's like we can't we can't sustain this. Like we need scoring, we need a three level scorer, because D. I love Austin, but Austin and Dilo are kind of like the same player. They're both slow footed, they're not athletes, and they slow down the game. So it's like you need you need somebody like you need an athlete like Levine. Um. So yeah, I I do hope. <laughs> I do hope there's a surprise in the next month that suggests like, oh, there's a three-team trade, la la la, Lakers land Levine, and I could be happy, but I don't think that's in the cards. But um, and it just it just sucks that uh that Jared yeah. Vanderbilt can't be traded because not that he's a great player by any means, but it'd be a lot easier to stomach a trade where you're at least getting. I at least know Jared Vanderbilt and. Um, Austin yeah. Reeves, I at least know they can be role players on a playoff team. I don't have any faith in D'Lo to be a role player. Rui had a nice playoff stretch last year, but that's still a small blip in his career compared to what we've seen from him. If Vanderbilt was coming back in the trade, it would be a lot easier to stomach, I think, for a lot of for a lot of Bulls fans because we know he has a yeah. tangible skill. He's a lockdown defender, but his contract can't be traded this year. 
unfortunately it cannot and that's <laughs> depends if you ask zen here he zen is an advocate of of trading of trading vanderbilt because he's averaging i think a whopping one point or two so it's like <laughs> no tony, tony i'm not gonna let you disrespect him like that okay <laughs> he was at, he was averaging one point one point zero points per game two and a half weeks ago okay so don't disrespect this process honor the journey he is now averaging <laughs> 2.8 points per game. Okay. 2.8. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a thing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No. Um, the thing with Vando that, that people don't realize is that at least for, for our offense, is that when we insert him, defense goes through the roof. We we can lock down the defender. Vando's not even healthy right now. He's dealing with a with a heel bursitis, but the dude, the dude still has it. Like he's still a lockdown defender. The problem with Vando is that with the core that we have, bro, like our shot rim, like goes from 70 to 80 to, to 40. Our, our, our offense just stalls the hell out. Like it, I think our offense turns to 75 ratings or something like that. Like it's not, it just doesn't like, and because Vando's not a hundred percent healthy, he doesn't he doesn't do what we like. It's a four on five kind of situation on 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 the offensive end. So whatever he gives you on a defense doesn't make up the offense, and we don't have enough offensive firepower to kind of compensate the 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 lack of what Vando can can produce. And also, people know the mo for for the Lakers. It's like whoever's guarding Vando, just ignore him, let him do whatever he wants, and this is double ad. And then it's like game over at, at, at that point. But yeah, if if Vando was included, whoa, what about what about JHS? Do, do, do you know the dude or is he on your radar or no? I mean, the Lakers don't even feel comfortable playing the dude. So it's like okay. and, and no, I we, get they're a veteran team, but we can we can we we can stop the tape. We can stop the tape. We don't <laughs> need to discuss it. I just wanted to see if you knew the dude. That's <laughs> I still don't know why we drafted him, but hey, it's he's here. He's, I've, he's I've a, had Laker a... fans try to sell me on him, Max Christie, like all these dudes that don't actually play for the Lakers, but Laker fans. I don't want to group group you into a Laker fan. No, no, no. Thing, I, 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 like, you seem very reasonable, but a lot of Laker fans, you know, they for years they've been known on Twitter to Photoshop everybody into their jersey and then be like, you can have Kyle Kuzma and we're going to get back Kyrie and like expect that to work somehow. So it's just, it's, I'm used to Laker fans trying to be like, well, what about what about our rookie? And it's like the dude you drafted at the end of the first who doesn't play. There's not <laughs> not much to go on there. Yeah, we we're actually that's why we that's why I joked about uh, the Billy Donovan. Like, hey, are, are you trading for him? Like, hey, I'll trade because... I'll trade you Billy Donovan for Darvin Ham. Like, we're oh really all, really all oh, Bo- all Bulls fans are done with Billy Donovan. Like, we're oh shit, we're, we're over the Billy experience, man. Done. <laughs> Let's do it. Done. <laughs> you know what's funny about all this like and and i tell this to, to to fans and i tell this to and i even put it on, on on twitter as much as possible i still haven't found a fan base that loves their coach i even talked to a spurs fan who i'm like whoa pop amazing you know great career and they're like okay get that old fuck out of here and i'm like okay interesting and and then and then there's a heat fan that i'm like Yo, what's you know, you got the best coach. Oh, we overpaid for him 120 million. Oh, what the fuck? It was like oh. there is no such thing as a fan base that loves their coach. I, I've I, two terms I come to terms with that. Like, tell me a franchise that loves him, like a fan base that really loves their coach, and and probably the closest would be actually the the you know the Miami Heat, I suppose, but because it's because out of I think it was what out of five fans. Two of them said that they love him. The other three were like, fuck him. But anyway, it's it's interesting. Um the other <laughs> what's the problem with Billy Donovan though? The pro- it's the same, it's the same thing that's plagued him his whole career, man. The dude okay. he relies on superstars and isolation play. His his success oh, in OKC. Ball. Yeah, his success in OKC was KD. Being able to do whatever he wanted, him and Russ trading possessions, no ball movement, just them creating. And then KD left, and then he just gave Russ the keys and said, do your thing. 
the one year that we actually saw some creative offense from him was the Chris Paul year that he was there. There wasn't anybody to isolate on that team. And there was some creativity in their offense, but I think that probably was more because of Chris Paul than it was Billy Donovan. Because with the Bulls, we saw a little bit of creativity early in his tenure because of Lonzo, because Lonzo pushes the pace, he makes things happen, he forces you to play a certain way. As soon as Lonzo went down, it was give DeMar DeRozan the ball for 15 to 20 seconds of the possession and see what he creates, what happens. So when you watch the Bulls, it's very, it's a very ISO-happy offense, and the fans love to blame DeMar DeRozan. I don't think DeMar DeRozan wants to play this way. I think he's a very intelligent basketball player. He doesn't want to play this way, but I think he's being told by the coaching staff, like, this is how we're going to play. We're going to run everything through. Even when Zach Levine is cooking and him and DeMar going at the same time, they're basically just trading possessions. One guy will have the ball. The other guy will go stand in the corner. There's not, there's just no creativity. It's, it's, it kind of drives you crazy when you watch like a Boston Celtics game or some of these other teams that have creativity in their offense and have good good moving, good cutting, and good shooting. And Billy Donovan just relies on a very ISO-happy offense, which I don't think really works in today's NBA. That's interesting. That's interesting. So, but to a certain point, then, you've been you'd be in need of a point guard then. Because, like, uh, Kobe White's not, not a point guard either. Like, he's more of a combo guard at this stage. Like, he's... he's- He's very he's a very modern point guard in my opinion. He's made mm. great great leaps in his in his creation for others. Like he's really good. People don't realize Kobe White is is really fast because for a while the Bulls were trying to turn him into a spot-up shooter. But if you go back and look at his UNC tape, he was known for his end-to-end speed. Like he can get up the court, he can use his speed. So he's really good at getting into the lane and he has a really good little dump-off pocket pass. Um, when Drummond was starting and putting up those 20, 25 games for a little stretch there, a lot of those were just easy dunks off dump offs from Kobe. So Kobe, he's not, he's not a Lonzo type quote unquote true point guard, but that, that type of point guard doesn't really exist in the NBA anymore. You look at the top guys, the Jalen Brunson's Damian Lillard's the, whoever you want to name, they're all, they're all pretty much shot creators first creators for their team second. So I like Kobe at the point guard spot. If, if Lonzo comes back and we move Kobe off ball and Lonzo's even 60% of what he was pre-injury, that's that's going to be a pretty fun backcourt in my estimation. But who knows if Lonzo ever comes back again? Uh, uh, that's that's one of the things that I, you know, Lonzo, I was I was here for the Lonzo. Like I, I saw I saw live like normally the draft. I don't see it live, but. That that time, like the Lakers had a the, the the number two pick, and I'm like, okay, let me let me see it live. And man, when when we picked Lonzo, I was high for him. I was really rooting for the guy. Like I'm like, yeah, let's let's do it. Like I didn't know what Tatum's game was, and believe me, I'm still I'm still kicking myself for it. But at the same time, like I think the Lakers are as well. But in the fact, like he. I kind of like his game. Like I kind of like what Lonzo provides to a team. Like he's basically like he's evolved his three-point shot. He's evolved so many aspects of this game that it's actually nice to see it on the court. And when I saw him his first year at, at the Bulls, I, man, the Bulls were what? Like you guys were first seed or something like that for, for a second. Like they were the first seed for a good stretch that year. Yeah. He went down. Um, yeah, it was it was like I'm like, yo, the Bulls are back. And and then the injury, man, like I really I really do like sincerely, I really do hope he comes back. Like that's not a way to end a career, man. Like that's like I I, I really hope that he comes back and he comes with a vengeance and you know, he he can provide good things for Chicago because honestly like I it's it's for like mentally, even even mentally, just just think about it. Like you're you're clicking, and then out of nowhere, something that you can't control happens, which is just injury. And then upon the injury, it's like surgery upon surgery upon surgery, just to fix one mistake or just fix something upon something about something. It's like that's draining. And then the media and the Stephen A. Smith, whatever, what 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 he did too, which I kind of I kind of call BS on it. But it's you know like that whole like. I have sources that he, you know, it, it just doesn't 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 make sense. And yeah, Wimby, the goat. I agree with you. He has a good game. Like, it, you know, I can appreciate it. And because he's part of the Laker, kind of like, once you're a Laker, you're always a Laker. 
in, in my view, like I'm really rooting for him. I really am. So, but it, in the event that he's not, and I'm trying to pull up here some of the some of the quotes. Give me one second. I'm trying to put something here. Oh, so Alonzo. No, not not Alonzo. It's actually oh. just a mark. But I, I just I just wanted to run something with you here because the athletic kind of got this. Uh, the the athletic got this tray two two whatever you want to call it mock board, mm-hmm. which is just like the the players that are available, and in at number two at number three it's Zach Levine, and mind you, you said the Magic, Zach Levine. Uh, the the teams that are, are interested in him are the Lakers, Pistons, Magics, and the Nets. Other than the Lakers, we discussed the Magic. What do you think about the Pistons and Nets? The Pistons one's funny to me because like you guys, they've won three games this year. Like why why are you trying to trade for a guy who's approaching thirty? The Pistons know, this man. year they should the Pistons they should just play Cade Thompson, um, Duran, and. Who's their other guy? Who's their fourth guy? Oh, Ivy. They should play those four together and just like almost force them to mold their games with each other. Like, you guys yeah. suck. Why would you why would you want to bring in Zach Levine? And the rumors are, or at least, I mean, this is I'm seeing this mostly from Bulls people, but Bulls people seem to think in a Pistons trade we'd get Jaden Ivy back. If that happened, I'd be I'd be a happy dude because Jaden Ivy, he's a young, what is he, 21 years old, former top five yeah. a year ago. Like there's potential there, so I'd be happy with that return. Um, but I don't know why the Pistons would do that. That wouldn't. If I was a Pistons fan and we traded Jaden Ivey for Zach Levine when we've won three games all year, I'd be pissed. Well, the, there is some smoke to that though, because Jaden it wasn't a report that Jaden Ivey was was not happy with Monty Williams. Like it's. Yeah. I don't know. There's some. There may be something there. Like Jaden may not be happy with his role. He doesn't, you know, he, he he doesn't mess with the with the coach. They paid the coach a handsome sum of money. They believe in the coach more than Ivy. I can I can see it. I can see how that could go to fruition. And also, like, I'm not gonna lie, this is probably the worst experience for Detroit fans. So yeah. maybe they just want, hey, let's just get somebody that's gonna be a star or it's gonna be like quote unquote a star. At least he's gonna be a high flyer guy. Who's gonna motivate? But I don't, I don't know, man. It's 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 that was a long shot. That was a long shot. Um, what the about Nets, what the Nets, the Nets would be yeah. fun? The Nets, the Nets from both. I mean, it depends what the return is. Um, my sure. one of my favorite. I think if I made like a top five of probably available players that I'd want to see on the Bulls, Nick Claxton would be in that top five. I've always liked his game. I like. I favor in big men, the big men who don't need the ball very much, the rim runners, the shot blockers, the athletic big man, like Nick Claxton is. And he could switch out on the perimeter and kind of hold his own on those. So if they got Nick Claxton in a return, um, that'd be that'd be pretty good. They got other contracts they can put in there too. And then from the net side, if you got Zach Levine, Cam Johnson, uh, or not Cam Johnson, Zach Levine, Cam – no, Cam Johnson. Yeah, Cam Johnson and uh, – McKay- uh, yeah, Mikhail Bridges. Then that's a pretty good, that's a pretty solid at least playoff foundation there. So it could make sense from both sides. The Nets still need a point guard. I don't. Dinwiddie has never really done it for me, but Dinwiddie is. It, Dinwiddie's never done it for me either. Like I feel like he's more. I don't know. It's just I. I don't like anything that he like. He he's a he he has a big frame. He can guard, but the playmaking side of it, like. If anything, there's a lot more hero ball that I've seen from him. Like he, he, like he gets this mentality, like he just wants to be, a, like a hero. Like it's just like, like let me go ISO, let me do this, let me do that. Like I, I don't see the vision as a point guard, so I'm not, not too thrilling. But but yeah, they still need a point guard. Hey Nets, just saying, Dilo's available. Um, <laughs> the net, the Nets should really, Nets should really just go all in on a Donovan Mitchell trade. <laughs> that just. It makes too much sense from both sides. Donovan Mitchell would be great next to a guy like Mikael Bridges, who's going to be the the perimeter defender. Why would, why would Cleveland do that? Well, all the rumors are Don's going to leave when his when his deal's up. So if he if they don't think they're going to get him back, maybe you get you get some kind of decent return. Don and Don and Garland don't really work 
that well together when you watch they them. They don't. Just, no, they don't. They're too small. Um, but I'm. But, but I'm thinking. I just. If I'm Cleveland, I'm like, well, well, shit, man, you gotta stay here for another year. I mean, it's not like he's gonna be expiring next season. I mean, yeah, it's not like he has a player option next season. So, I will still keep it and be like, shopping, shopping in the summer and see who's she, see who bites. I, I mean, and and by the way, let me let me just uh because most of the people here are, are Laker fans, but maybe that's what the Lakers are trying to do here because. I've been I've been advocating I I haven't been advocating but I'm just been spitballing that maybe the Lakers are not gonna do a big trade this season because there are they are pick deprived they don't have they don't have the the they don't have the assets to kind of make a big trade like they did last season their hard cap it's like there's a lot of things going against them to kind of even prove the roster that they may just say we're not gonna do it. This summer we're gonna have three. We're gonna have access to three picks. We're still gonna have contracts. Maybe they go big fish hunting. That may be the avenue that they go. It's not. It's not something that fans want to hear, but I can see the logic because if let's say um, Donovan Mitchell appears, maybe that's the reason and they're hype. But I do feel like even if we go to Donovan Mitchell, Cleveland will say like Nets. Can you just up it up a little bit more? Give me Camp Thomas, and it's done. They'll probably say yes because that's that's the thing. That's the that's the reality of our package. It's not really good. It's, right. We can't off like it's not the players are not that good. Like the 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 exactly. It's like wishing upon a star. <laughs> that's actually that's actually a good pun. Wishing upon a star in this summer. <laughs> but anyway, that that like that's the that's the reality with, with, with the Lakers. So. I do agree. If they go full on, like, I think Donovan makes a lot more sense for 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 the Nets. Um, I don't know. I mean, would would the Sixers even say like, here's here's all these picks? Maybe go for Donovan. That's another one. That would that be. Know? I mean, that's kind of redundant with Maxi, but it could happen. Maybe they do a Maxi Donovan swap. Oof, I don't know if I'd do that if I'm Philly. Just with how Maxi's playing, he's. He's playing uh, on playing. I'm just saying, how sustainable is that, though? Yeah, there's there's I mean, a Don, thing. Of Don's no... a better player for sure. Don is Don is one of the best. I have Don in my top ten. I'm a huge Donovan Mitchell fan, but oh yeah, Maxi, he's he's still Maxi's still on that rookie contract, right? He's still on his rookie contract. I think he didn't he get an extension, if I'm not mistaken. Let me let me verify. Uh, Philly, 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 Philly. But all right, let's let's move on for the wait, Maxi, Tyrese Maxi. Yeah, he's still on his rookie contract, and he hasn't signed shit. So <laughs> they're about to pay. They're about to pay the man a hefty amount of money because he's, he's playing like an all star now. He's about to get the bag, the big bag. So yeah, um, but that's the point. Like, do you pay him the big bag, and you'd be like, mm, or do you bet on the sure thing? I don't know. It's just something that I thought because looking at the Sixers, I'm like, yo, this team is pretty good as is right now. They're they're a good cohesive team, but it's like, how do you go to the next level? Like, how do you go to that to that level where it's like you're you're maximizing your own window? I don't know. It's an interesting they're, thought. They're but... always floated as a sleeper for Zach Levine too, just because they got the Tobias contract, they got the, the even... Clipper contracts, they got they got picks they can move around. It could happen. I mean, he makes he he would probably fit decent with Tyrese Maxey. The Bulls would be that would be mm. more of a rebuilding trade for the Bulls because they'd be just getting picks and expirings back pretty much. But it wouldn't be wouldn't be too too terrible, I guess. What's what's the pick situation for the Bulls? Are they, do, do do they have they, their own picks or do they owe? Uh, next they have this year's pick. Next year's pick is top ten protected. If it falls outside the top ten, it goes to San Antonio. Uh, for the DeMar DeRozan sign and trade still. And other than that, they don't owe any picks anywhere else. Okay, so just one more and, and that's it. That's similar to the yeah. Lakers. Like, we have one more either 2024 or 2025 and we're done with the AD thing. So, Well, we're done with that AD, but then we shit. Man, this shit is ugly for the Lakers. Like, I'm not going to lie, guys. Like, if there's a panic button, uh, a panic, buck, uh, la, 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 panic button, please press it. Wow, I've been doing this all day. Um, 
so the other one would be DeMar DeRozan. And yep. here he's like he's right behind Levine at number four as one of the top players available. And <laughs> again, he's here for the Lakers, Heat, and Sixers. We, we didn't discuss a DeMar. Like, we, we've, been, we've been floating about that, like DeMar Caruso. But I, I just don't see it because Caruso is so integral to your team. You're so high on him. I don't – like, I know Laker fans want Caruso back, but it's like I think that ship has sailed, and it's completely yeah. away. Like, I don't I don't think – and even if somebody comes up with an offer that's kind of crazy, maybe a pick and a swap, I don't think the – I really don't think Chicago is willing to do it. No, it sounds like Caruso is borderline untouchable for Chicago. You know, I had a podcast a week ago where – I was saying I would I'm I'm not a Caruso's untouchable guy. I like Caruso. He's a good player. Uh, he probably belongs on a contending team where you can use his skills a little bit more. And if the reports are true that there's teams that would give a multiple first for him, I think you'd be foolish not to do it when you're the Bulls and you're you don't really have an asset stash of picks. So I was saying, you know, if if the Warriors offered Jonathan Kaminga and a pick for Caruso, I'm taking that ten times out of ten. I'm a bigger Kaminga fan than most people. I just like his athletic profile. I think he's shown enough with the Warriors that if he gets to a different team and has an expanded role, we could see a little bit of a leap from him. But yeah, Caruso, he's probably got the most trade value of anybody on the Chicago Bulls right now. For sure. I mean, I think it's him and DeMar because DeMar, even even if you don't like the player, the contract in itself is valuable. Like it's an expiring yes. 27 million. Like that holds value, especially like with the CBA co- coming into full effect this off season. Like we, you know, you gotta, you gotta take your books and have them, have them ready. But yeah, just, you know what you have to do, please don't do this. And, and, and I'm going to speak to you like you were the bulls, the bulls <laughs> front office and the executive. Don't you dare. Don't you dare trade Caruso to anybody in the West. Keep him in the East. I don't want to see him in the playoffs. I don't. I can't handle that. I can't. I can't have Caruso on the Denver Nuggets. I can't have Caruso on the Warriors, and I can't have Caruso in any other team like like the Kings or shit like that. No, 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 no. Like, I mean, don't don't you guys gotta make the playoffs to be worried about seeing him in the playoffs, though? Hey, this is the part where you, <laughs> this is the part where you tell me you're delusional. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, and you know, you know why. You know why we're always like this in terms of like playoffs and thinking playoffs, even though we're like 13 or 12, it's because we've been here more than we yeah. care to like. Like we've been through the play, and I think this would be Zen, you can correct me, three times now. Like, Wouldn't it be three go, three years in a row? Three years in the play in? Well, we missed one year with the Russ. Yeah. And but yeah. yeah, every time we go to the postseason, we go through the play in since in this LeBron era, which is kind of sad. If I'm being honest, it's really, really, really sad. But every single year, there's a context to it. It was like injury here, injury there, blah, blah, blah. But this time, I don't even know what the context is. It's like we have Darren Ham. He had it's coach pockets. It's the roster. It's this. It's LeBron. It's AD. I, I can't say AD anymore because AD's playing out of his mind. It's like, it's Austin Reed. It's like I, I don't know, man. The, the the Lakers season is right now is like a big question mark. I I really don't know. But we are faithful. The few of us are faithful <laughs> that we can that we can see that we can be on the plane at least. But so the Demar, so a Demar trade. Let's just speak Demar. Yeah. For the Lakers, I don't see it. I really don't. Like I, I there's no. We would have to combine probably two contracts to it, and it would be probably a combination of D'Lo and DeMar. Uh, sorry, D'Lo and, and Rui. The Rui does fit, but D'Lo is just going to be a clusterfuck in terms of just the, just the guards. So I don't see the real benefit for, 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 for you guys, but what about the Knicks? Is there a benefit there? Because they only have Evan Fournier and probably somebody else. So I don't even know why I would – I don't even know – do you like their picks? Like, is that something that you like? Like, 
I mean, the DeMar of it all is always complicated for me personally because DeMar has been my favorite player for a long time. Since before he joined the Chicago Bulls, I grew up, I'm a Bulls fan, but Kobe Bryant's my favorite player of all time just because I grew up watching everything like him. So when Kobe retired, I was like, I'm going to be a DeMar DeRozan fan because he plays the most like Kobe with the footwork and the low post game and the fadeaways and everything like that. So I love DeMar DeRozan, love having him on the Bulls, but... As an unbiased as a unbiased fan, I watch the Bulls and I'm like, there's there's a DeMar DeRozan problem here. There's too much DeMar DeRozan and he's an expiring contract. He might just leave this offseason for nothing anyway. So if they can trade him and get something, I don't know if the Knicks are necessarily the team. Um, people say the Heat. I don't know why the Heat would want to do that just because DeMar and Jimmy, that's too much overlap in my opinion, but like the Kings make a lot of sense for DeMar DeRozan, in my opinion, because they, yeah. when I watch them, they lack a fourth quarter closer. And I think they could throw a package together that's like Kevin Herter, Davion Mitchell, and a draft pick. And we could, we could probably call it a day. We might have to clean it up a little bit, but that'd be, that'd be probably the foundation of it. And Davion Mitchell's got some potential as a defender. You know, you get a draft pick coming back, and then Kevin Herter's a three and D guy. So it, it'd be pieces that would at least make sense for the Bulls to take back. See that that makes sense. That makes, yeah. And what about the Sixers? Because uh, the Athletic has here the Sixers as being the the third option for the third for team that is actually for Demar. Yeah, they basically just be upgrading the Tobias Harris spot then. So it makes a lot of sense for them. It would probably be Tobias Harris and maybe one of those. Who do the the Sixers have the Clippers picks? If I'm not mistaken, they, pretty they, far out. Yeah, they have the Clippers pick, but I'm not gonna lie; those those picks hold value because they are so yeah. far out that that you don't know what type of team they're gonna be at, at, at that. Right. So those are valuable. So maybe you do it to bolster your draft compens, you know, your your draft picks, and then if somebody somebody because I'm not gonna lie, like if Donovan Mitchell is available, and you have picks, why not go full court press and try to get him? Right. Right. You know, like yeah, that's... that's me thinking. Like, if I'm the GM, I'm like, let me recoup some assets here. Let me let me get my war chest, and let me let me go full court. If somebody if somebody comes available, let me just get him. Because yeah, you're not you're not you're not and and no offense, but you're not attracting a star like that. Like it's no. difficult. Everything and and even and not only you in the league entirely. Like it's not like. Stars are going through free agencies always through a trade. So if it's always through a trade, then it's like you gotta have to have a warship available if a star pops off. You know that's true. That's that's where I would land if I was if I was the Chicago Bulls. I'd be trying to just build the asset profile. You know, the most young players, the most draft picks you can get. Because the reality is, the Chicago Bulls have never been a free agent destination. Demar Derozan. Um, Carlos Boozer, like you think of the guys who've signed with the Bulls over the years. It's not the A-list, you know, LeBron James's of the world. They're not. They're not the Lakers. They don't typically get that level player. So you need to get the asset, the asset stash kind of up, and hope that you can trade for a Donovan Mitchell or whatever young star is going to be unhappy next and demand a trade. That's kind of how the league works these days. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate truth, and that's not like here. Here's even one like, how, how do you view Pascal? Is Pascal even a star at this nah, point? No, I I call Pascal Siakam and Raptor fan. Have you if you ever run across Raptor fans on Twitter, they get pissed. Like they they go hard for their team. I call Pascal yeah. Siakam just the yeah big man we're Zach, aware big man. Yeah, he's he's the big man Zach Levine. Like he he puts up numbers. Oh you know he doesn't win shit. He puts up the same numbers as Zach Levine. He's never won anything. He w- And then they're like, he won a title. I'm like, he was the third best team on that team. And he sucked in that final series. If, but Raptor fans don't remember that for some reason. So I'm not a Pascal Siakam guy at all. He's just, he, he'll get you numbers. You ain't going to win with him. Yeah, I know, because I was, I was thinking of a trade. Like, I was thinking of a hypothetical trade that lands the Lakers, Levine. And it's kind of like all the trades had – Pascal going to you guys. I mean, and he makes way- sense on their roster, you know, but he's a free agent after this year. He's going to want a max contract. He's approaching 30. 
Yeah, I don't want I don't want to pay Siakam a max contract. That's just I wouldn't want to be in that business. Well, if we're talking a bit of a Siakam, who in the league's gonna pay that? Like I'm the only team that I think is gonna pay that is the Raptors. Like no Raptors. no other team's gonna like who's gonna take a risk on a rental slash guy that doesn't want to play with you because he wants the max. Because that's why the Kings deal kind of fell apart. It's like, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. you want you want Max? <laughs> no, sir. Like, I, I don't, I don't see. I really don't like. I will be very surprised if a team takes a risk of that magnitude and be like, we're gonna give you a rental. You know, we know you're a rental. We're gonna try to convince you. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if it works, then we'll find a happy medium. Like that's 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 gambling at that point. So right, it'd be. It'd be tough, man. It's it's maybe maybe a disaster team like the Hawks or something. I don't know. I'm not I'm not really really a big Siakam fan. Like I said, I think he's kind of overrated, which would make him fit on the Hawks because I think everybody on the Hawks is overrated. So he'd be he'd be fun to see him and Trey Young, two big number kind of empty yeah. calorie guys playing together. They'll get you numbers, but you you're not gonna win anything. That's just that's just my opinion though. But I gotta cut you guys short here. I didn't realize we were running up against four thirty, and I got no, no problem. My, no problem, bad, man. Guys. No problem. And no, no, no. I no wanted problem. to budget more time. I wasn't sure how long we were gonna oh, go. Oh no, for. you know what? Hey, let's do this, man. We are. I'm. We play pretty soon. We play pretty soon. So let's uh, preview the game. Let's um, let's coordinate something when uh, when our pl- teams play. I believe we play in like in the next like week or two. Or oh yeah, soon. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, let's let's yep. do let's let's uh, do something around that. Yeah, I would love I'd love to come back on anytime, man. Anytime. Absolutely. Hey, thank you so much, man. This has been a dope conversation. We'll definitely see you soon. Hey, folks, make sure you follow uh, the Bloody Horns podcast. Uh, follow him. Uh, follow Justin on Twitter uh, at Horns Bloody. Uh, you guys have seen it in our tweets. Uh, we'll tweet it out. So thank you so much, man. Appreciate it, guys. Take it easy. You too. You too. You too. Take care, man.